we all doubt sometimes. And doubt is a tricky thing to, to think about, to talk about, but we, we all doubt. Sometimes we doubt about things, if they're, gonna be, if they're true or not. We doubt different, different things in our life. I remember when I was in middle school, there was, a, there was this really great basketball player that had just won his third championship in a row. And there were some people saying, he's going to retire. And I was, saying, I was thinking, why would Michael Jordan retire when he's in, in his prime? I can't believe that. I'm not going to believe that. But, if, but sure enough, it ended up being true. He retired. And the world was shocked. Now, I, I think the world was also shocked that he went to baseball and then Probably not as shocking that he came back to basketball. <laughs> Probably not as shocking that after the sixth championship, retired again. <laughs> but then probably even more shocking, played for the Wizards. So that's, anyways, that's, that's an interesting one to think about. But we all, we all doubt, don't we? we? There's different things we doubt, and we wonder, is, is it true or not? Could it be true? And I think that's kind of why we think about doubting. It's not like we're trying to doubt. It's not like... And someone was telling me about Michael Jordan maybe going to retire. It's not like I was like, yeah, I, hope, I mean, it's not like I was wanting to doubt about that. It's, it's, there's some grief there. I, I didn't want him to retire. He's a great player. The greatest. I know my nephews will say my, uh, LeBron James is the greatest, and some other people will join them. But one of the greatest, if, if you don't say Michael Jordan's the greatest, he, he was definitely in the top two or three of the greatest all-time basketball players. And he retired, and just in a shocking way. And, and, and so our doubt, what do we do with our doubt? What do we do? Now, now maybe that's not so important, just, okay, just basketball, not that important. But what if it comes to something that's really important? Where, how do we doubt? Is it okay to doubt? I mean, there's, there's a lot of questions sometimes, especially young people. They've grown up in a church and they, and they start doubting some things that, that's in the Bible. How could that be true? How could... How could Jesus really die and come back to life? And how could he, how could he, you know, there's lots of things that we we can doubt about. Jesus had 12 disciples, and and those 12 disciples went with him everywhere for about three years of Jesus' earthly life. And in this ministry, during this three years, Peter and James and John and all, all the 12, they, they went with Jesus, and they saw Jesus, and they, they saw the powerful amazing, miraculous things that he was doing. They heard the teaching that he was, was saying. It was, it was amazing and nothing like they've ever heard. Finally, when, when Jesus asked his disciples, he said, who do people say I am? And they, they started to get, oh, well, you're one of, the, one of the prophets, just like the days of Elijah that we just sang about. Oh, you're, you are, you're like... Ezekiel and some of the other, other people in the Old Testament, and Moses, and really important people. And Jesus said, but who do you say I am? Who do you believe that I am? And it was the one that stepped out of the boat, the one that was always the, the courageous one, Peter. He was always the first to just say what he thinks. And Peter said, you are the Christ you are the anointed one of Israel. You are the son 
of God. And Jesus says, right, that is correct. But then Jesus starts telling the disciples, okay, I know you believe what the Christ and what the Messiah is supposed to do, but guess what? It's different than what you think. Your expectations of the Christ are, are coming in and taking over Rome and, and restoring Israel. But me as the Messiah, it's going to look a lot different than what you think. And so he, he told him several different times, I'm going to die. And they, they doubted this. Like, how could this be true? They, I think they just actually kind of didn't listen. Like, you no, know, because several times when Jesus says to his disciples, I'm going to die, and on the third day I'm going to rise, they, they asked each other different questions. Like, what do you think he was meaning by all that? I think they just weren't really listening. They, they were doubting. It can't be true. When, you're, when our expectations are dashed completely, or, or what we think is going to happen is completely dashed, it's just, it can't be true is what we think. And I think the disciples were thinking that. It can't be true. And then, and then Jesus has, he, in the Passion Week, they're celebrating, they're celebrating the Passover. On Thursday night, they, they prepare this, this room and this upper room, and they come and they have this special meal together. And Jesus announces to his, his disciples, this is the last time that I'm going to eat. This is the last time we're going to be together like this. And I wonder if they started doubting, what, is that, or what does that mean? How could, how could this be true? Well, Jesus had been telling them over and over and over, I'm going to die. And then he even says in this meal, this Last Supper as we call it, he says, I am going to be betrayed by one of you. And they all are very concerned about who this could be and what they were, who it was. And, and then a little bit later, Jesus tells Judas to go get it over with quickly. And the, the rest of the disciples are still doubting what this could be about. Maybe he has to go get some, buy some food, get some more things. He's in charge of the money. They doubted because they didn't want to believe what was really true. Even though Jesus kept saying, this is what's, gonna, this is what's true. And so we're going to be looking today at what Peter's response was because, and so I encourage you to turn your Bibles to Matthew 26. And, and so as, as Jesus ended the meal, the Last Supper, they went out, or they sang a, a hymn, and they went out to the Garden of Gethsemane. And, they, and he needed his friends. He needed his guys in ministry, his disciples. He needed them to stay and watch and pray and to be there for him. And over and over and over, they fail. And over and over, Jesus says, come, can't you stay awake? Pray with me. Stay with me. And they keep falling asleep. I don't think they realize the significance of that night. And then Judas comes with the Roman guards and they shows which one of these guys is Jesus. And the Romans arrest Jesus. And Peter gets out his sword and Peter is ready to fight. In fact, he, didn't, he wasn't just ready to fight. What did he do? Yeah. He, he, he wasn't just ready to get my sword ready, or the dagger ready. He actually went 
and attack somebody and cut off their ear. And Jesus said, put that away. This is not the way of my kingdom. And Jesus heals the man on the spot. They arrest Jesus and they take him and they take him to the Sanhedrin in the middle of the night. And, and there the disciples scatter. They're trying to figure out what, where do I go? Am I believing what's happening? Is, am I doubting? And Peter and John were the only ones that says that, that get there, that get to the place where, where Jesus was being tried by the by the Jewish leaders. And John can get in because he's friends with some people, but Peter has to be in the courtyard. And so in, in the end of chapter 26 of Matthew, we're going to be reading today. So in Matthew 26, verse 69, it says this. Now Peter was sitting in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him. And she said, you were there you were also with Jesus of Galilee. Simple question. You were there. You're one of Jesus's. She didn't even say you're one of his followers. You're one of his disciples. You're one of his right hand men. I mean, Peter was, Peter, James, and John were like in the inner circle. She, she wasn't saying you're like, you know, tight with Jesus. She was just saying you were with Jesus. Just very broad. You're with Jesus. And so what, is, what does Peter do? When, when he's in this, in this state of, of doubting in the state of not sure what's happening to Jesus. He's seeing that, that, that Jesus is, is being in trial and, and these people are, are falsely accusing him and all these things are happening. I, I don't know how much Peter can hear what's happening inside the building, but we think he can see. We think he can kind of see what's, what's happening. And Peter, right in that moment, Things weren't adding up for him. Things didn't make sense. He, he wasn't sure what's happening, and he just doesn't, he wasn't sure about his faith. He didn't, not, he didn't want people to know that he was with the guy in there that was being accused, and the guy in there that was arrested. And Peter says, in verse 70, it, it says in verse 70, he, Peter, denied it before them all. So all the people around, he said, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. That doesn't seem like that big a deal. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, it was a lie. And, and, and he lied about knowing Jesus. He lied about knowing the Son of God because of his doubt. He was he was so worried about what other people thought. He was so in disarray of what was happening. He, he didn't understand why Jesus was being arrested, why Jesus was being on trial, what was happening. It did not make sense to him. And, and sometimes I wonder if that happens to us. When our world doesn't make sense, when the things around us aren't meeting our expectations, when God isn't acting like the God that we think He should be, we start doubting. We start wondering, why do we trust Him? Why was Peter trusting Jesus right then? I mean, Jesus was arrested. He, was, he, was, it looked, he looked helpless. What was he doing? I thought he was the Son of God. I thought he was the Messiah. He was doubting all that now. I don't know Him. 
I wonder how often we say or think those things too. When we're around people and they ask us about Jesus and we're kind of like, uh, I don't know, I, I, I'm not really a Christian. Yeah, I go to church. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what we, do we know? Are we proud of Jesus? Do, are we doubting Jesus? I want to say it's, it's okay to have doubts. It's okay to, to be uncertain because I think what some of the doubts show us is it, it shows us that we have things in our mind that are mixed up. How, like Peter was thinking, how could Jesus be in this situation right now? I thought he was God. I thought he was the son of God. How could he be like that? You know, in the midst of a pain or tragedy or something that doesn't make sense in our mind, we can do the same thing. When there's a moral failure, there's a, it seems like almost every year, several times a year, there's, there's some Christian leader that is falling into this, this secret sin that it comes out. And, and the people, especially at those churches and, and other people that have read their books or you know, subscribe to what they believe, they think, oh, now what? If even that person is falling, and if even this is happening... How can I really be a Christian? How can I really have faith? And they start doubting. Our first point today is that doubting comes when things don't add up. And I'm not saying that doubting is wrong, but doubting comes when things don't add up. If it doesn't make sense in our mind, we start thinking, is it really true? Is it really real? How could it be true? How could it be real? When we have unmet expectations, something's happening and it's not happening that way, we start doubting. When there's that tragedy that's happening, when there's hypocritical Christians, it doesn't make sense. How could they be acting like this? They can't be, they can't be acting like this and, and this is what we're called to live like, so it doesn't make sense. I'm out. Or I can't, I can't believe right now. You know? Or times that we're worried about the expectations of others. Or worried what they think. I mean, this is what Peter was in. He was worried that people were thinking, yeah, I, that Peter's in with Jesus. Therefore, if, if we're in with Jesus, that means the world is against us. Well, that's what Jesus said. <laughs> Jesus said if we're... The world is going to reject him, and the world is going to be against him. And so if you are a follower of Jesus, then the world is also going to reject you. And the world is going to not be okay with you when you stand up for what Jesus believes and what Jesus expects us to live like. We were watching a movie recently, and Kenny recommended it to me. It's called Greater, and it's about this football player I know I, I like football and basketball and all that, but it's about this football player, and his name is Brandon Bolsworth. And he was this football player that he had this dream to go walk on at the University of Arkansas to play football as an offensive lineman. And, and he did everything the right way. He was so kind to everybody. He did, I don't want to give away the movie, but near the beginning of the movie, and it's a true story, at the beginning of the movie, it shows that, that he had been tragic. so I'm not giving it away, because in the beginning of the movie, it says that he was tragically killed in a car crash. 
And his brother, his older brother, could not handle that Brandon was this guy that loved Jesus with all his heart. He was this guy that was so nice to everybody he met. He was always taking care of his family. He was always taking care of the people that made fun of him, even on his team. He was always doing the right thing, loving Jesus and loving people. That's what Jesus talked about. So we're supposed to do the two greatest commandments, loving Jesus with all our heart and loving people, loving our neighbors, ourselves. And Brandon was doing all these things. And then just randomly, he dies in a car crash. And so the, this, this older brother just can't, can't handle this. He doesn't understand how in the world that he can still believe in a God that let this happen. How can, how can it really be true that God is good? How can it really be, you know, so how can it be really real that a, a good God lets things like this happen? And so the... the I encourage you to watch the movie Greater because it, it helps this guy going through this grief. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a Christian movie, but it has a lot of really good things about, about Christianity in it. But things didn't add up in his life. Things didn't make sense. And so he started doubting. And it took a, lot, a while. He was doubting and doubting that he could really trust God to be a good God. And I wonder when we have pain and tragedy, if we can really... If, do we, where do we go with our doubt? Do we trust that God is a good God? Or do we go off to wherever people are saying and really what Satan is leading people to, to believe is that God is not really good. God is not really true. God is not really loving or has your best interest. So when things don't add up, we start doubting. And let's see how Peter... Uh, let's see how this continues in, in this chapter here in, in Matthew 26. In, in verse 71, it says, And then he went out to the gateway. So this kind of, he got away from where he was right there. He kind of moved away a little bit from that crowd. And, and then there was another servant girl. And, and saw Peter, and, and she said, to the people there. So not just Peter, but said to the people, the crowd around, hey, this guy, he was with Jesus of Nazareth. So not just was the first girl asking the question, hey, were you, were you with Jesus? And he said, I don't know what you're talking about. Now she's announcing to the crowd, hey, this guy, I recognize him. He's one of his followers. He is that guy that was with Jesus of Nazareth. So again, what's Peter going to do? Well, once you start lying, if you have to either decide to either come clean or to keep lying. And Peter decides to keep lying. In 72 it says, He denied it again, and with an oath he said, I don't know the man. So very strong here. Very strong language. Peter is now saying, I don't even know who you're talking about. And using, you know, essentially cussing here. He's, he's saying, this, stop telling me this. This is not somebody I know. So very strong language. And, and, and here, we can see that doubting 
Our second point today is that doubting reveals a lack of faith. So Peter had a lack of faith that Jesus was really, truly the Son of God. That he was truly doing, having this plan. However his plan looked, it looked very bleak in Peter's opinion. So it was very telling of Peter's faith. If, if you know, all the disciples, they want to be at Jesus' right and left seats when Jesus is in glory and when he's coming back to restore his kingdom. And they all want to be right there when Jesus, everything's going well and they're kicking out the Romans and good things are happening. But when Jesus is on trial and it's looking really bad, where are his disciples? Where are we when things are looking rough? When things aren't going the way that we think they should go? Who do we turn to? What do we do? What do we believe? Who do we trust? And this, re- this revealed his lack of faith. Even though Jesus said countless times what this plan was, and it, Jesus was doing exactly his plan. I mean, it was really nice that Jesus told the disciples the plan. Usually Jesus doesn't tell us his plan. Sometimes he does. But a lot of times, he doesn't tell us the whole plan. And when things get hard, what do we do? When things don't add up, what do we do? When things, when things don't make sense in our mind, what do we believe? We start doubting that God is true. We start doubting that God is good. And we have this lack of faith. And, hope, and hopefully... It's not just that we say, it's not just that we say we don't know him. Hopefully we're also not going on like Peter here and saying, and like kind of cursing and telling everybody, no, I don't even know this guy. And this guy, me and this guy have nothing to do with each other. I mean, Jesus had just said a few months or a year, a couple of years before that, that whoever knows, whoever acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge to my father. And, who, and then the opposite, whoever doesn't acknowledge me, whoever doesn't talk to people about me, I'm not going to talk to my father about. Pretty strong. But Peter is in that situation where he's like, I don't even know who you're talking about. I, it's not me. I don't know that guy. Very strong. And then in, in verse 73, it says this, after a little while, so not right away, Peter's probably thinking about what's happening here. I mean, he was thinking about how he just cursed and with this oath telling people he doesn't know. I mean, he made this big announcement. Which is interesting, later he makes this big announcement to this crowd of thousands of people and they come to Christ on the day of Pentecost. But right now he made this big announcement that he doesn't even know Jesus. And so he's thinking about that. So in verse 73 it says, After a little while... Those standing there went up to Peter. So they, they saw how angry he was and how he was cursing and all this. We, we, know what, we know what you said, but they came up to him and said, surely, or really, truly, they said, truly, you are one of them. You... We know you're lying. We know that you're with Jesus. We know that you're one of his disciples. We know that you were even like in his little inner circle here. Truly, you are one of them. And even 
if you keep lying, we're going to tell you that your accent gives it away. You are from Galilee. We know how you speak in Galilee, not like around here. You guys are the hicks, and we can hear how you talk. Even when you say and curse and all that, we still know you talk like that. You're from Galilee. We're not dumb. So even with all that, Peter says, Peter began to call down curses, and he swore to them, I don't know the man. I don't know the man. Cursing, and just very upset. Immediately, a rooster crowed. And when Peter remembered the word that Jesus had spoken, that, Peter, that Jesus had said, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. And that's how that chapter ends. So Jesus had told Peter, even when Peter was like, I'm all in for you, Jesus. I'm going to do whatever you want me to do. <laughs> Jesus said, actually, tonight... Or even before the rooster crows, so that means before it's like getting almost daylight. So this evening, you are going to disown me. Now, does Jesus want Peter to disown him? No, but he's just letting him know, like, you think you're all in, you think you can do this all, you know, all this for me, but Jesus just wants us to be with him and acknowledging him and being a testimony to him. And he's calling down curses. And he, and Peter is just in disarray here. He's just so upset that people keep saying and, and keep pu- linking him with Jesus. You know, if people keep linking us to Jesus, that's a good thing. <laughs> that's a really good thing. Even if things don't add up, even if things don't make sense, if people are linking us to Jesus, and even if they're saying it in an insult, which it didn't seem like they were, but I don't know, that's a good thing. And I hope that we can say, yes, I know Jesus. Not just that I know Jesus, I have a personal relationship with Jesus. I love Jesus. I know that he loves me. I know that he is my savior. I know that he has died for my sins and he has graciously given me salvation when I didn't deserve it. And if you don't know Jesus in that way, talk to somebody, pray. We want you to know Jesus that way. That is our desire at East Bend, is that we know Jesus like that, and a personal Savior. That we love, that we receive His love. And we pass it on to others, and we show people that we are in with Jesus. And that we're not saying, no, I don't know who He is, like Peter here. It's easy to point fingers at Peter, because he was always the first to jump in, good or bad. (laughs) So our third point today is that doubting leads to sin when we don't turn to God. Clearly, all this Peter was doing was sin, but his, but his sin was not trusting God. When he first was starting to doubt, I don't believe that was, there was anything wrong except for when he started lying about it. Now, he didn't turn to God with his doubt. And when we have doubt, when we have things that don't add up, when we have things that 
are not meeting our expectation, when there's moral fa- failures, when, when there's all kinds of problems that are happening, even Christians that are doing things that it doesn't make sense, how can those people be Christians? We turn to God with those doubts. We ask Jesus, show me how I can believe. Help me believe and trust you, even in the storm, even in the pain. How can I trust you? So truly, let's, even though Peter was truly, they were saying truly you were one of them, let's let people know that truly we are in with Jesus. Truly we are believing Jesus. You know, there's lots of reasons to doubt, and, and even in, the, in the, the New Testament, it shows us lots of times people doubting. And, and there was the story of when, in Matthew 14, where the people, the disciples were afraid, and they, they were in the boat, and they saw the wind and the waves and all everything happening, and, and they weren't sure what was going to happen. And they thought they were going to die, they thought they were going to sink, and... and They cried out, Lord, save us. Lord, save us. That's what we need to cry out. Lord, save us, especially when we doubt. Show us we need you. Help us to trust you. And these disciples, when they are crying out, Lord, save us, that's the right thing to cry out. Cry to the Lord. Call out to Jesus. And it said there, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and and he said, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? He, he saved them, but he's also wondering, just because the circumstances are bad around us, just because things are out of control in your life, just because it's not adding up, why are you doubting? Well, sometimes we have reasons to doubt, but let's go to God with our doubts. Let's go to him, or let's, Let's seek someone that knows. You know, some, you know, any of you come to me and say, I'm doubting this. How can this be true in the Bible? Let's look at it. Talk, go, to, go to somebody that has some answers. And, and you know what? We're not always going to have answers, but let's try to explore some of those things so we don't have to keep doubting. Let's, let's pray about it. Let's talk to Jesus and say, show us how we can turn to you and to know that you are true. And then a week later, after, or, or, after Jesus said, rose from the dead, after he died for our sins and rose from the dead, Thomas still wasn't believing. One of the disciples, he still wasn't believing that Jesus was really alive and he was truly the Son of God. And Jesus appeared and said to Thomas, put your fingers here and look at my hands. He proves, look, it's really me. And he said to Thomas, stop doubting and believe. Doubt and belief go right hand in hand. We're either doubting or trusting and, obeying, trusting and believing Jesus. And so he said, stop doubting and believe. And then he said, Thomas said, my Lord and my God. So he believed, he finally believed, but he saw the risen Savior. He finally, he saw that saw Jesus. And Jesus said, blessed because you have seen me. 
and you've believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet still believe. And that's, that's us, unless you've seen the risen Savior. But that's us. We, that we, we're blessed because we believe, even though we haven't seen with our eyes the risen Savior. So let's, when we have doubt, let's turn to the true Son of God. Let's turn to Jesus. And our main idea today is that even if I doubt, let's know and let's turn to the God who is true. So even if I doubt, or even when, we could, I could even say when, because it's probably safe enough to say even when I doubt, because there's different things we doubt about in our faith. Let's go to the God who is true, and he wants to reveal himself to us. So doubting comes when, we, when things don't add up. Doubting reveals a lack of faith, and doubting leads to sin if we don't turn to God. So let's, when we doubt, let's turn to Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this, this uh, message that we can learn from, from Peter about even when he was doubting, even when he was not believing and things were not going well. God, that we know later that he was restored to you, Jesus. And I thank you that you offer us forgiveness when we don't acknowledge you. We, you offer us forgiveness and your love and we can embrace you again. Not by our works or what we do, but by your grace and your salvation and your forgiveness. So God, I pray if there's, if there's he, people here today or people watching online or listening, if there are people that are doubting, that they would turn to you with their doubt. And whatever the doubt is, if their circumstances are, are not going well, or if, or if they just have a lack of faith, or whatever it is, God, that they would turn to you with their doubt and trust you and, and believe that you are the one and true God. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Join us in standing. Be the center.